Next Chapter Podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Heads up, everyone. We're about to launch into a great conversation all about the stories behind this incredible record. But before we do, I want to take a second to say that if stories are what you love, then I have a perfect show for you. From Next Chapter Podcast comes an amazing re-envisioning of the classic works of Shakespeare called Play On. You may think you know all the plays back to front. But I'm telling you, this is the bard like you've never heard him before. There's immersive sound design and beautiful original music, plus big name actors like Keith David and Amy Brenneman. And the language and settings have been updated by award-winning modern playwrights to help make them just as relevant today as they were hundreds of years ago. The latest series, adapting Henry V, just got started. And if you're a fan of the new Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings shows, you have to hear this. It's about a medieval warrior king fighting huge battles against impossible odds. What more do you want? So be sure to check out Play On Podcasts wherever you get your pods or go to ncpodcast.com to learn more. And now let's get into the show. The 500. The 500. Down through that 2012 edition, so it ain't nothing too new. Hundreds more to go, and in need of a friend, the king of these for Angelo. Talking the 500 until the end. Talking the 500 until the end. With my man JM. On the 500. Talking the 500 until the end. Cause that's enough money to buy her a few pairs of new ears Cause her baby daddy don't really care She's so precious with the peer pressure Couldn't afford a car so she named her daughter Alexis That was All Falls Down by Kanye West from his 2003 debut record, The College Dropout. It's also number 298 out of 500 on the 500. What's up? I'm Josh Adam Myers. Do you want to know the dates that I have coming up? because I would love to tell you. JFL Toronto, I'll be there September 23rd through the 25th doing shows in the goddamn Comedy Jam. October 5th through the 9th, I'll be in Connecticut at Comics Roadhouse at Mohegan Sun. Skankfest, oh, it's going to get wild. Skankfest Vegas, October 14th through the 16th. Uh, Funny Bone St. Louis. Come on, St. Louis. Come out. We're going to go get an Egg Foo Young sandwich October 20th through the 23rd. November 5th. 
I'll be at Bananas in New Jersey, November 6th. I can't tell you, but just be in Pennsylvania and I'll be doing a show. Oh, yeah. And then New Year's at Plano, Texas. And then I'm doing Dominican Republic. And then I'm doing London. And then I'm doing this. And then I'm doing that. And then I'm doing school. Oh, man. And I have vocal cord issues. I went to an ENT yesterday and got my vocal cord specialist and got my vocal cords looked at. I blew them out in April and May when I was doing all those jams. I did 12 jams in three weeks. And it was too much. And now I'm suffering. Does one of my cords not work properly? I think so. We'll figure it out. That's why you have health insurance. Do I have health insurance? In October, so I'm a cash patient. Uh, let me know if you're a cash patient. I want to know if you're out there with bad health insurance. Hit me up on uh, my OnlyFans, where we have a $5 a month special. I don't have OnlyFans. You know what I have? We have a Patreon. For $5 a month, you get a fleece. You get a hoodie, you get a t-shirt, you get a whole bunch of goodies from the 500. Plus, you get the podcast a day early. Plus, you get to ask questions to the guests. Patreon.com backslash the 500. Uh, and subscribe to my YouTube, uh, youtube.com backslash Josh Adam Myers. Uh, and we have a YouTube for the 500. Subscribe to that. Subscribe to my social media, at Josh Adam Myers on all social and joshadammyers.com for tickets. I should have said that earlier, man. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. I just want to get this done. I'm leaving for D.C. right now. Uh, I'm opening for Burr at the Capital One Arena. Very exciting, man. I've, I've been very, very blessed over the last few months to be able to do the 930 Club, which is a club that I grew up going to, seeing bands, seeing everybody. You've heard me talk about it if you listen to the podcast. And now I'm doing where the Washington Wizards and the Washington Capitals play with Bill Burr tonight. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for giving me my career. And for a lot of my listeners, you guys are here because of Bill. Bill promoted me and he rules. You rule. Do you want to know about this episode? Let's talk Kanye West. Is he batshit crazy? Possibly. Is he a genius? Yeah, pretty much. And my guests think so too. Rel Battle. Rel is one of my oldest friends in comedy. I literally met him at the first open mic I did in Los Angeles. Uh, an incredibly funny dude. Incredibly opinionated too. Uh, but a, a wonderful actor. Right now he is on Killing It on Peacock with Craig Robinson. He's been on Superior Donuts on CBS. He's also the co-creator of Roast Battle, uh, which is like one of the shows that the goddamn Comedy Jam and Roast Battle both kind of were blowing up at the same time. And uh, and Rel's a big, big part of why that show was successful and is successful. Love Rel to death. Uh, so excited that he could join us for this. And, and we get into it with Kanye. We dig deep. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the 500. Listen free on all platforms or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media, joshadammyers.com for tickets. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Evan. And for all things 500, go to the website, the500podcast.com. Kanye West, the college dropout, coming in at number 298. Boom. I remember us being at Bliss Cafe, right. waiting for like an open mic or waiting for our time to go up. And... And and you and Maurice and I forget who else, but we're arguing over Kanye West about either him being the next big thing, the goat. It was like whatever you guys were saying, it was just like 
because I remember it was like, oh man, him, him in the in the with the with the the way he had his hair in the um, you got my money. I can't, I can't think. Gold digger. You guys were like, that was the flyest thing anybody's ever done in hip hop. Right. And and it just I remember it left such an impression on me because everybody was so passionate about it. Why is Kanye West one of the <laughs> most divisive people in hip hop where it's either he is the greatest of all time or he's ruining the genre of music? I mean, he's he has he, has, he says it himself. He says um, people hate me because I speak for my soul. You know what I mean? He says exactly what uh, a lot of people might be thinking. Like he's he was like the first troll. You really think about it, uh, and and yeah. music, man. And so I think you know you watch his documentary. Have you seen his documentary on Netflix? I haven't yet. I have. I did. I don't watch anything, bro. I come home at night. I, I'm 42 years old. I sit on my couch. I fall asleep. Right now, I'm trying to watch 60 Days In. Do you watch that shit? No, no I haven't seen it. It's it just watch it. It blows my mind that anybody would go to jail for 60 days. Like just <laughs> like it's it's insane. It's insane. But but continue. I'm sorry. But, I, it was what, like no, nobody believed in this guy. You understand, Kanye came out during the era of gangster rap, hip hop, Jay-Z, the Beanie Seagulls, and Dipset. So he was this suburban dude who wasn't a gangster. And nobody believed in him. Nobody thought because it wasn't a we didn't we couldn't fathom uh, Kendrick Lamar and Drake and J Cole at that time. So all we saw was his hood gangster shit. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. to come in and to be wearing pink and to not be a hardcore dude, which is so crazy. It was no way he could have got. Signed. Imagine the '90s, you know, during the era of of Tupac and Snoop, and somebody would have signed Drake. You can't imagine that shit. Yeah, you no, know? not at all. And so for all the gangster era to be as gangster as it was, for his, this soft ass guy, this soft spoken dude to come in. They didn't believe in it. So I think it's now all this is like, fuck you, I'm here now. And I think he had to, he had to have that bravado to kind of to kind of fit in. But all right, so you, but you said that somebody couldn't see something like that, like a guy coming in and being and being so being so different than what was popular at the time. But in the same era of hip hop, kind of like, you know, when you're talking about Snoop and everything, you have that. I don't want to call it woke hip hop, but it's like. You have Tribe Called Quest. You have people like Common. But think so, about it. Tribe Called Quest was like 89, 91. And Snoop comes in, and that's the gangster rap era. Nobody's listening to Q-Tip, really. When, that, when, when Snoop hit, that shit was gangster rap. If he wasn't gangster, when none else moving. Then the era, the era changes constantly, right? So, yeah. so right before Kanye, you had all this Jay-Z. You had, come on, DMX, Jay-Z. Kanye's not coming out in that era. You know what I mean? Dipset's here, Eminem's on his crazy shit. That was the movement. 50 Cent's about to drop. You know what I'm saying? And then Kanye changed the mood. So when Kanye dropped, it's like, oh, now the regular guy who doesn't get in VIP, he can fucking shine. So what opens for, what opens after that? Drake. J. Cole can come in. Kendrick Lamar come in. He changed that whole piece. So I, I think the gangsters weren't ready to let it go. And Kanye West was the one that's like, no, you don't have a choice. I'm the new sheriff in town, man. So... I think that's where a lot of the attitude and ego comes from. And just for the fact that he knows how great he is. And humility is kind of like a, like a boxer. We're okay with arrogant boxers. We're not okay with arrogant rappers to that point. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's where it comes from. And also, he has mentally mental issues. So 100% he has mental issues. 100% he has mental issues. Any person that works in, like, the psychiatric field is kids like, oh, he's a he's a something-something narcissist with a with a serious something. I, I don't know all the terminology, but you can, like, lay it out. I see the post constantly with all the shit that he's done. So a um, mix, mix a narcissist with extremely talented person. 
you're going to get Kanye, you know? I don't, I'm not going to disagree that I don't think Kanye West is probably one of the most talented people that's ever been involved, not just in hip hop, but in music. Because I think what I love about Kanye so much, taking away anything off stage, because the shit that he's doing now, the, you know, which we'll get to, but it's like, it just, I feel like it's tarnishing this incredible career of this dude that like, like I'm, I'm trying to think of the first instant I remember I heard Kanye West and I'm excluding anything in the idea of just the beats that he might've produced and I might've heard, but I didn't realize it was him. I went to, um, so when I, when I was in college, I was a bar mitzvah wedding DJ and we used to get these CDs once a month that had all like the new songs in each genre. And they, it was like hip hop, uh, whatever, what year did this come out? This record came out in, hold on, let me just check, 2004. So in 2004, I got the CD and it had Through the Wire on it. And I remember listening to it and seeing then the music video for it and being like, like, all right, this is a good song. It's nothing that like, it, it wasn't life changing. It wasn't like, oh man, I fucking love this record. And I, this guy's going to be one of the biggest people on hip hop. It was just a hip hop song that I was like, it sounds good. And I like the beat. All right. But it was when the Eagles played the Patriots in the Super Bowl, which I think might've been that year or the year after. Pretty sure it was 2004, 2005. Yeah. I, I was going to Philadelphia with my buddy Evan Weinstein, who is this uh, big rave promoter and now owns this pizza place that I've talked about a million times in in, in Baltimore called Underground Pizza. And I'm just kidding. Dude, it's, <laughs> dude, this is the, dude, Ralph, this is like, you talk about people that, that fucking, like, that blew up during COVID. Like, this dude was a rave promoter. Like, the biggest parties in D.C., Baltimore, and in Philly. The yeah. pandemic hits. <laughs> He starts making these pizzas in his kitchen, like square Detroit style with the sauce on top right. and starts posting about it. And people start going, oh, man, that's dope. Can I get one? So he goes, all right, well, I'll start selling them out of my car and meeting with people and setting up these little like one off things ah. around Baltimore. Dude, literally a year later, he's got his own store at Power Plant Live in downtown Baltimore. Now he's got four stores, one in Towson, one in downtown Baltimore, I think one in Silver Spring, and I'm pretty sure another one in like Montgomery County, like Columbia yeah, or something. Just, he, dude, he's the Kanye West of, of <laughs> rave promoters. <laughs> like, he just, he think, but that's, but that's what I'm saying. Some people think out the box, just like Kanye, which we'll get to. But we listened to that, this record on the way up to Philadelphia. And I remember hearing, you know, a lot of the record, it's, it's good. It sticks out to me. And, and I'm like, yeah, I like this. I like the, the beats. But then you hear something like Jesus Walks and being like, what the fuck is this? That's my. That's how I got on. My mom is, you know, she's a black mother, DC, super Christian, and yeah. she's like, you listen to more. She, you know, she hates rap, you know, like most Christian mothers do. And she's like, you listen that Kanye West, the song about Jesus, is pretty good. I, I, I remember her saying, I remember being like, all right, mom, whatever. And it, it came around <laughs> maybe like a couple months later that I heard it. It's like this is a Christian rap song. That's how I look at it. But the beat was too good, and what he was saying was too fly. So my first introduction was from my mother who put no. me on his music, dude. I swear to God, right? And then <laughs> in, in, uh, later on in college, I, I was like, I used to like book art acts to come. Yeah. And Kanye was one act. We had booked him as a producer because he, he used to do records for Jay-Z, like, you know, like Never Let Me Down and all the, all the Blueprint album records. So we booked him as a producer, but they said he got a couple of songs. We didn't care. And he came to the show. I remember some girls picked him up from the airport and he was riding in the car with some girls from the campus. 
he's playing his own music. And it's like, this is the corniest motherfucker alive. <laughs> and he came on, the crowd didn't really know him yet. And he played yeah. his records. He, he had so much passion. And this is the crazy part. He said, I want to introduce my opening act again. My man, give it up for John Stevens. And that guy was John Legend. No right? shit. Yeah. This but Kanye didn't have shit. And he was like, like, who this dude? It was a college dropout. It was a college era. And we just all was like, all right, this guy's dope. But we didn't, no one thought it was going to be to the point where it's got now. That's all I got. I, I, I don't think anybody did. I don't think, when do you think was the turning point in Kanye's career where he went from just a regular dude making hip hop records to, oh, this might be the next big thing? Honestly, man, it took me a while. Um, I think his third album was his best, my personal opinion. Graduation. Graduation. Yeah. But I think it was the, um, I think it was the second album when when on Jay Z or Jay Z said, uh, um, "Damn, you where I am." Jay Z said, "Damn, Kanye, you where I'm at." On the record, on the Diamonds Is Forever record, I remember being like, Jay Z equated him to himself. Jay Z to me was God. You know what I'm saying? So when he did that, I was like, "This guy might be the might be that dude," and he produced as well. And then at, you know, Watch the Throne is when you know. Jay Z don't do an album with somebody. Yeah, unless it's R. Kelly. Unless it's R. Kelly. Who was the Jay Z of R and B? So yeah. that's when I was like, oh shit! Like Kanye really is that guy. And I would I would argue now, when it comes to greatness, he's he's I can't give it over Jay only because I just was a Jay fan for so long. But outside of music and shoes and fashion, like Kanye kind of innovated the sweatpants. Um, cargo pants thing you know like that's a classic pant thing now like Yeezy's so more than Jordan's bro you know what I'm saying do you all right now speaking speaking 100% true do you think Yeezy's are good looking shoes I I do because I have two pair but <laughs> which kind wait which kind though you <laughs> I, have the, I have the frozen yellow and I have the I have the light blue joints but the fact that Jordan was the quintessential urban shoe for 500 years and Kanye even even they beat him for a year that in a sense his greatness can't be questioned after that I, I think the way the Yeezys have like turned now like some of them like the original ones that came out I thought they were like like the like the real fabric-y looking ones um you know I think the ones that you're talking about the the real yellow ones yeah. that you have I like those but I've seen some of the stuff now like I sometimes when I'm on the road will go to like one of the, a shoe store and I just like to peek around and there's some of them that are some of the ugliest things like do you think those I fucking remember, phones man, 2010 when the skinny jeans was eras popping these those shoes fit for that era you know what i mean you get that stuff at the time you know no i'm not saying dude the ones the the original yeezys not those but the original adidas yeezys that came out that everybody was like getting in, in los angeles you would right. go and it wasn't just people like that we fucked with that we knew that we looked up to it was like just typical white bitches at Irwan. Right, you right, know what right. I mean? Like when, that was when I was like, Jesus Christ, like these things are blowing up. And you, cause they, you, you really wouldn't see like just like regular moms wearing Jordans, but you started seeing everybody like Chris Jenner before Kim yeah, yeah, yeah. and Kanye was wearing Yeezys. Yeah. Um, Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Who out there? Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. 
Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Okay, I wanted to get to this because you mentioned something. You said Jay-Z is God. What makes Jay-Z God, and why <laughs> is he so respected? So why is that cosign from him so important? Jay-Z has like LeBron James, he is arguably the best in every statistical category. He talks about this. I'm leading the league in most points, most wins. Um, and my interviews are hotter. Holla, that's a verse from one of his records. Every single thing, when it comes to fashion, Jay-Z was in front of that. Rockefeller. When it comes to lyrics, bar for bar, we, 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 can, we can do Jay-Z lyrics all fucking day. He's one of the greatest lyricists. Yeah. You know, the dope boys in the streets, they knew him, they fucked with him. The women fucked with him. He had the records. His wife is... Got the baddest bitch in my game wearing my chain. Got Beyonce. You know what yeah. I'm saying? When it comes to uh, class and carrying himself, he never really had too many crazy moments and shit. Except when he got beat up by Solange. Solange, he never <laughs> did that point, right? He built a brand as far as Rock Nation, Rockefeller with athletes. You know what I'm saying? He put on other artists. His, his latest album, uh, he said, how many billionaires came from Hove Crib? You know, I think, uh, I'm saying, uh, yay, uh, re, yay, re, and me, whatever. Him, Kanye West, Rihanna, technically rock, LeBron's a rock boy, that's for technically. Every category of rap superstardom, he has achieved big tours, he's went platinum. There's nothing he hasn't done as a rap, the standard. That makes him the greatest of all time. As much as I love Big, we can't take away from Jay-Z because Big ain't here, we can only measure two albums. You know what I'm saying? I consider yeah. like the greatest hip hop album of all time, personally. It's a big second album. But Jay-Z has done everything. There's no category you can't, no matter how many hits Drake got, the streets never was like, I'm a Drake guy. And the streets yeah. matter because Tupac came from the streets. Even though Drake's amazing. The streets were never like Jay. They fuck with Ye, but he was never a street guy. So the, the dope boys and the white girls from Iowa all can fuck with Jay-Z. And I think, I don't think it's really, I don't think it's really a conversation anymore. And that's why he's the best. So if Jay-Z says, damn, yeah, you what I am, that's a huge level of credit. That's like if one day we're walking and Chappelle says, hey, you're, you're, you're the next me. Like, how, how that, would, that would fucking kill us. Yeah, yeah, I get that. No, I understand that. I, I, I think that, I think that Kanye getting that, what, around, you said the, the second record is when he got that cosign from him? I think the second record, something like that. Second record. Second record, he was like, I'm the guy. Third record, I think he was the guy. He had his moment. Remember, it was like Jay-Z and Lil Wayne, and I think Ye had a little spot. 50 Cent had a spot, you know. It's like, it's like LeBron James. LeBron James could have 12 MVPs like Jay-Z. But you got to give it the James Harden one. You got to get Russell Westbrook one. You got to get, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think Kanye, Lil Wayne, and 50 Cent all could have claimed that title once or twice while doing Jay-Z's run. Yeah, sorry. So thinking about the music that came out around this time, like, as you had mentioned it earlier, like, like what, because I'm, I'm trying to recall what the popular hip-hop was pre-Kanye really dropped. Besides Jay-Z, I feel like that was the era of, a really like like a dark period in hip hop because it was, one. It was 03, 04. So that's that's 
that's that's a little bit later. DMX, Ja Rule was the guy. Oh, ja Rule was the guy. You couldn't deny him. Ja Rule was the guy before Kanye, right? And then yeah. 2000, what happened in 2002? That boy 50 Cent come out, all right? Yeah. Kanye was almost a backlash to the gangster shit that 50 Cent had brought out. Shit was so aggressive, nobody got along. He was so angry, it was so dark, but 50 was the man. And then here comes this guy, Kanye, who had already had beats. But that era was all Jay-Z, Ja Rule, 50 Cent, and then Kanye kind of was the, was the alternative to that. I think that's, I really believe that's what helped him. Because we had, we were so used to the gangster shit, you know, he was a breath of fresh air. That makes sense. Would you call Ja Rule gangster shit? He was. Like, we, really? we, we, we think about the hits. We don't, we forget about, Ja Rule was awesome. I murder a motherfucker. Did it. Ja Rule was super gangster when he came out. The hits were soft, but yeah. everybody in the videos were thugs. You know what I'm saying? So really, yeah. I just, you know, I you know, remember, I'll, dude, I ja remember. Rule was 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 uh, the money money murder click. That's how he came out. You forget they had a crew like a like a crew. It was Irv Gotti. It was it was DMX, Jay Z, and uh, Ja Rule. That was their crew. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing as Jay Z talking about drugs in the album and putting out "I Just Want to Love You" about the women. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The yeah. was still putting out gangster shit, but he was like, "Thunder wanna be, how's it going down?" You know what I'm saying? The, yeah. the hit record ain't who they were. John yeah, Rose Queens, bro. He ain't no. I know that, but it's like all I I never heard any of the deep cuts off any of the records other than what was presented to me, you know, on the radio or on MTV, and all of that was, you know, whatever I do without my baby, right. like that shit. By the way, I do a fucking killer Jaw Rule impersonation. I have I have the Jaw Rule gravel. I have everything. Right. Um so so this record then. Right. How like you we touched on it, but like how important is this record in changing hip hop from this point on? Is it? Is this a pivotal moment in hip hop music? Or is this just like the beginning of the pivotal moment that's to come through other shit in, like that Kanye it. did? Kanye, you could argue he's the greatest for two reasons. He's changed music twice, right? Okay. This first record, before hip hop was the zoo, right? We can watch DMX. We don't live that life. We can say, oh, that's the zoo. I want to watch that movie. That's the, that's, that's, um, that's a Tarantino flick. That's Scarface, right? But we couldn't relate to that. We can just watch it and enjoy it and dance, right? Mm-hmm. The regular guy, the college guy, the, the mailman, the the fucking um, the guy with the regular nine to five job, we can't relate to DMX. We can enjoy it, but we but the hood is only two percent of communities, right? The regular yeah. me and you, we can't. You know what I'm saying? Kanye made it okay to be us. Kanye said, "Oh, we're the guy who can't get into the club." He made it okay. So then people started rapping to the regular guys. You forget about that. Before that, motherfuckers weren't talking about their emotions. Motherfuckers weren't crying on record. My mom was talking about lost, losing a girl. Everybody was cool and fly. Everybody was Jay-Z. I get all the bitches. Kanye was like, nah, I was a loser. I got picked on. He wasn't fucking with me. And that was, and that spawned what? That opened the door for what to be able to happen. Emotion. Drake, yeah, Drake and fucking XX Tension. All, all that, that stuff. shit. You couldn't do that before, yeah. So that was the first thing. The, the regular, we didn't think we could cater to the regular college girl. You know, regular college guy. And Ye did that with college dropout, the regular dude, the suburban dude who wasn't a thug. The thug, people, before when I, we were coming up, you had to be a thug to rap. If you weren't selling drugs, you couldn't really rap. Like nobody really wanted to be Tribe. We like Tribe, but you don't want to be, you didn't feel like Tribe got the bitches. They might have, but you wasn't, it wasn't like, that wasn't, they were like, 
they weren't cool on a on a on like a um, a commercial sense. The, the girls and the hoes and shit. They were just like the rap guys. But it was like it was like a bunch of girls. Like I want to fuck, you know, the rest of Tribe Called Quest other than Q Tip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, nobody so, wanted Fife Dog. Yeah, right. Fife Dog wasn't on your, on your poster. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, he did that. And then when he did uh, Eight Ways and Heartbreaks, yeah, he, and he brought he uh he kind of T Pain brought in, but he elevated um um the sound, right? Yeah. So he elevated uh, with uh, uh Roger Trapman's um auto tune, right? And he made and he cried on a record. He made it. He started. He was the rapper singing. Right, yeah. With ja Rule, he, he took it to another level. He had John Bryan producer. Come, that's a that's a that's a that's a rock, you know. Yeah, that's like and like very like you know known for like you know. You own an apple or, and yeah, like not not hip hop at all. Like it, at all. this, yeah. And, and so very few artists would have went to John Bryan to create sounds. Jeff Basker and all these guys, Mike Dean. So he 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 allowed us to do that, and and I, I think I truly think there would not be. Our three biggest rappers right now, in my opinion, are, yeah, we got. are Kendrick, Drake, and J. Cole. They're, and the three biggest rappers would not be here without Kanye. It would still be gangsta shit. I really believe that. So he is responsible for rap today, in my opinion. Do you think that that this record shows that? Like, shows any of the, uh, any of, like, maybe we already touched on this, but, like, you know, aside, I'm trying to think of the songs from this record that, that are different than anything else besides besides Jesus walks because like you said nobody is making a you know a pro Christianity like record and, and it's and it's coming out with with a music video you know that's that's like I mean I'm trying to remember what the music video was but it's like I remember it being like like I'm doing the song meant so much to Kanye West. He made three music videos for it using over $1 million of his own personal <laughs> money. One video was for BET, one for MTV and one for MTV.com. Um, Kanye West knew the challenges of getting Jesus on secular radio. When songs in the past referred to Jesus, they had to say he or him. And right. somewhat recently, God is being accepted, but never Jesus. In his second verse, he challenged radio stations with the following lyrics. So here we go. My single dog radio needs this. What they say, you can rap about anything except for Jesus. Yeah, I don't. I, go ahead. He, I, 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 yeah, it, it's, I mean, all falls down. I mean, you know, his. He, it's, it's the, that album is the bridging of the gap, right? You had mm-hmm. conscious rap, you know, Talib Kweli and all these guys. You had backpack rappers, you know, super um, rock, raucous kind of rappers type of shit, um, like Juice and all those underground dudes. And then you had commercial rappers like Jay-Z and, and, and Ja Rule. And he kind of combined them all. Conscious rappers weren't selling, especially in the 2000s. During the shine, after the Shining Suit, Shining Suit era killed conscious rap, right? And... He combined all three of them, you know. But you forget he had most deaf and freeway on a song, right? We never yeah. seen that before. You wouldn't see a fucking gangster commercial rapper with most deaf. He he did that, and we hadn't seen it before. And I think he took that and ran with it. And he he kind of brought all the worlds, you know. I don't want to fucking you know throw in a roast battle reference. That was kind of what we did for roast battle. Whereas yeah. you had the alt kids from Silver Lake battling. You know, Teddy Ray, a street, a hood kind of yeah. black urban comic, right? And you had the mainstream guys battling the feminist, you know what I mean? We kind of combined those worlds. And I think Ye did that, and we haven't seen it before. And then what did he do? He 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 made Common Go commercial, 
Kanye's first big commercial album was because of Ye was producing. Talib's biggest record ever commercially, Get By, produced yeah. by Kanye. He brought all these dope indie rappers who only had a small fan base becomes commercial stars. So he did, he, that was a whole other level of shit he did. And that all spawned from this first album. Do you think he's a better rapper or a better producer? 100% on this on this record, let's talk about this record and then oh, on the other um, Just on this record, what do you think? He hadn't evolved yet, so this record he was still a a, a, a RZA baby with the soul samples to me. He yeah. was, um, if you feel me, no ID, he did a lot of kind common shit. He was still a common baby with soul samples. I don't think he evolved yet. I don't think his evolution came until 808s when it was like, oh, this is a totally new sound that we haven't experienced before. So not yet. I think. You know, I told you this in the text, and I'm, I might get heat for it. I don't give a fuck. I yeah. think he's greater. I think he's better than Dr. Dre. And as a what, producer. As a producer. This is why I say that. And I know if people say, like, what the fuck? We, we live in Dr. Dre nostalgia, right? Mm. We think Dr. Dre's best work. We go back to Doggy Style, kind of classic albums, no doubt, right? But we're not quoting Dr. Dre now, right? You know what I'm saying? Ye got classics from 2000 and 1999 records production all the way to today. He's still producing classic records today. And he never really took time off. Dre will stop for 10 years. Now, that's not Kanye's fault, but it's when it comes to consistency, you know, and Dre's responsible for it. Snoop Dogg, Eminem, a little bit of things. NWA, NWA, don't forget about which, which all, like, which I mean, that, that, that's like, he was the first person, like NWA, if especially for doing this podcast, well, it's like I realized that what NWA did, it wasn't hip hop, it was punk rock. Yeah. They did everything against it was the same shit that the Sex Pistols did. Right, and, the right, Ramones, right. and and it, and it's like, you know, and then the funny thing, even more than that, it's they took all of that from like the old school country shit, the right. outlaw country that was that's basically the most punk rock and the originator of punk rock, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but Dre, I mean, without Dre, you don't have any of this. You don't have any of this shit, 100%. But I look at it like without, you know, without Julius Irvin jumping from three-point line, the, the, the free, th- free throw line. You don't have Jordan. You don't have Jordan. Yeah. So it all evolves on each other. You know what I'm saying? So I think Ye has been able to take it out of it. You can't even put, people say he's not a great rap. You can't even make him up. You got to compare Ye to Michael Jackson, bro. You can't compare really? He's Michael Jackson, dog. Where he's gone, what he's done, what he's the influence, the controversy. He's not a rapper, bro. Like when people say he has 10 writers, yeah. He's not, he's in a different category. And I think it's unfair to put him in just that one, that one place. For me. What is your what is your favorite uh era of Kanye? Like what out of all of the different eras? Because like what are there? There's there's this one, which is the you know, the polo shirt. The, uh, you, you you kind of might have said this, but I, I might be uh, labeling it wrong. I want to call it like nerd rap. Like yeah. you had mentioned, it was like he's re- he's, he's for the reg- regular guy, regular guy rap. Uh, and then the second record, it was more of a cocky, you know, I mean, wouldn't you say so? Like I would say the next record after this, it was like he fully owned that he is like the next big thing. And I th- I'm pretty sure it was on the, around the second record where he walked on stage with the Taylor Swift thing. Right, right. And then and then you have graduation, which I guess is like his electric period where he starts doing like EDM shit. Yeah. And then you have 808s and Heartbreaks, which is like, you know, his mother 
Did she pass away? She nah, passed away, right? And the first surgery, and then yeah, she died. So, so she passes away. He makes, in my opinion, you know, people will say a beautiful dark twisted fantasy is his best record. I, I think it's extremely mature, but eight oh eights and heartbreaks to me, that record, and then and then Yeezus are like I think are the two biggest. You know, I, I just think those out of all the stuff that he's done, those are the two that really fucking stick out to me as like, oh, these are the ones that I listen to on a, like, no, like but at least also the most, year. But also the most non-hip-hop ones, you know? And it, I, yeah, but... I, I, I think, my for me, Graduation is my favorite Kanye record, right? But I think that's when he knew he was that guy. He was trying to be that guy the first two albums. Graduation, I'm the guy. And I think that confidence is why I liked it. And he was transitioning before he became this whole thing that he is now. And I think, uh, I think what's great about Graduation, though, is because, because he made that album, he had the freedom to kind of experiment. He says it himself, he says, my, my, my Twitchy Dark Fantasy was because my fans didn't like um, 808s and Heartbreaks. So it was kind of my apology or like, okay, I, I, had to, I had to have a moment. My mom died. Now I'm back to my shit. This is for y'all. So he said he did that record for the fans because he was in a space with 808s. Right, but 808s was his most creative undertaking, where he didn't give a fuck no more. And we can see that's probably his most influential album, I think, to date. Because what happened right after the album? All the great rappers we have now came out. That album said, "Oh, you can do this shit." You know what I mean? And I think sound-wise, that's that that's the most influential album he's ever had. And I don't know if he'll hit that again because that's before he really had the 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 the, the clothes popping. That's before he really had the he was a billionaire, you know what I'm saying? Before Kim, that was that was his last space of creative freedom. I think he had before the pressures came of, you know, I got to do all this other stuff. So I give 808 the most influential, but my personal favorite is graduation. Okay, guys, I know what you're thinking. This episode's super dope, and you're gonna get right back to it. But first, I want to give a quick shout out to all listeners out there with kids at home who are breathing a sigh of relief now that summer is over and those kids are going back to school. Something anyone with kids in their life knows is that there's a lot of stuff going on in the world that doesn't get covered in the classroom. Stuff that can be kind of scary for little ears to hear. Luckily, the 10 News from Next Chapter Podcasts and Small But Mighty Media has your back. The 10 News helps kids understand current events in a way that isn't all doom and gloom. It's bite-sized episodes of news and information that go beyond the headlines and try to give kids context for issues going on in the world, along with jokes and trivia. The 10 also features conversations with interesting guests, like the voice of Ash Ketchum from Pokemon, astronaut Terry Virts, and even Dr. Anthony Fauci. Season three literally just kicked off. So listen to the 10 news wherever you get your podcasts or go to the 10 news.com to learn more. And now back to the 500. What's the hits on graduation besides bigger, better, faster, stronger. I'm trying I to mean, think what else had, was on there. Intro, man. You had good morning. Um, you had, uh, what's oh, that you guy, had? does got the one that's like, ding, 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 ding. I'm, I'm not doing it's, you know, Fuck, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck it up, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that um, song. Uh, shit, can't tell me nothing. Uh, I had dreams I would buy my way to heaven. You know what I'm saying? Um, flashing lights. Oh my gosh, that video. That's it. That's it. That's the song. That's the song. That's on, a great man. song. That was there was no bad record on that album. There was no okay yeah. record on that album. I love that fucking album, dog. 
The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah! Yeah! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Do you, do you think that... Like, when do you when do you think that Kanye started losing the label as just a genius artist and and, you know, someone with mental problems? When did you think that started happening? I I think I think I think Jesus, I think Jesus. Jesus, he became I think Jesus felt angry, you know, I mean, even though they were great records like New Slaves and shit. I'm in it. He wouldn't even rap. He used to have, he'd have like five bars in the verse. I think he just became angry. I don't know what for. Um, and I think, I think the sound of his, of his mom had kind of waned. And now it's like, fuck everybody type of shit. I'm mad at my life, this industry. And I, and I felt very, very, he called himself Jesus. Like I'm Jesus, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's when he became, okay, this motherfucker does some other shit. And um, by the time we got to Kids He Ghosts, he was gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you think do you think it's kind of like I mean this is it just feels like anybody that has been married to a Kardashian. Right. By the way, have you have you seen this thing today that just came out where Ray J yeah. is basically showing proof that Chris right. Jenner like literally was like, all right, yeah, I didn't like that sex tape. This one, she's not you can kind of see her fat. All right, this one right here, we released that one. It's like when you hear that kind of shit, which you have to assume is true because Ray J's like, I mean, I know Ray J's not in the limelight and he's still hanging on to the sex tape, which is keeping it pretty much relevant. But like you, you have to see what happens to anybody that's involved with a Kardashian. Right. They all just Lamar Odom, Tristan right. Thompson, uh, Bruce Jenner for Christ's sake. Well, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, I'm sorry. Oh, anybody, anybody that's dude, fucking even Tyga. Tyga was like a rapper, and now he's shooting fucking OnlyFans porn. Right, right, right. Like, do you think? Do you think that there is kind of like a Madden curse with the Kardashians, or do you think it's just they seem to choose like these genius people that just are already kind of mentally unstable? I don't, I don't think so at all. I think they're a Hollywood family, and everybody's not used to Hollywood. Lamar almost from Queens. He's from the hood. Tyga from the hood. Yeah, he's from Chicago. These are dudes who aren't used to, like for example, like I didn't see cocaine until I was in college. Mm-hmm. Black communities just don't, we just don't have, we don't grow up with cocaine. We, we smoke weed and people do drugs and shit and they crack and 80, but cocaine isn't a popular thing in black communities, right? And so 
because uh, it costs money, and a lot of black people ain't got money to buy, be buying cocaine or the other shit. We fuck with the drink, the Remy and the and the Kavassi and shit. And yeah. so when you get to the Kardashian family, that's Hollywood. They've been rich forever. So now all this access is there, and if you don't know who you are, you can fall down a fucking drain, bro. You know what I'm saying? I don't even think it's meant to... Lamar Arden was perfectly fine before he met Chloe. Yeah. So it's a mental health issue. I think it's... You go into that world, you know, Lynn Bias. You see around all these fucking crazy access at University of Maryland, you get fucked up. So I think they just got fucked up with every every access you have, man. But you I, think- I would not stop me from dating Kendall. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that in a heartbeat? Do you think do you think that that his 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 career got worse after after the beginning? Because I mean Kim's Kim's right before Yeezus, and then I guess during Yeezus, and then you know, up until now, it's like we're talking about that division of all the albums before that, which you mentioned, and everything you mentioned is like some of the most genius shit he's ever done. Right. Um, do you think that like the before Kim, after Kim, which version of Kanye is creating more stuff that will live on longer than than their life? Do you know what I mean? Let me ask you something, man. Yeah. Can you think of a bigger rollout than Donda? In the history of music, music, do you think of a bigger event where the motherfucker said, I'm gonna play, I forgot where you played at, I'm gonna play this, this building and I'm gonna have nobody on the floor. I'm gonna sleep in the fucking auditorium or the arena. And the, <laughs> and the people can only be in the audience. And I'm gonna do this for six weeks. And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna let you guys watch me produce this, this album. He, he made an album rollout, a fucking two-month event, bro. And then he brings on Marilyn Monroe. He brings on the baby doing that whole debacle. He, you know what I mean? Like, this rollout was incredible. Yeah. He, he makes his albums events. We talk about Donda. If, if, fuck if the album's a classic. The presentation was a classic. So I, don't, I've, I haven't seen anybody in music bring about an album this way. So if you ask me, is it worse? I go, that's the most creative thing I think we've ever seen. Oh, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, dude, you're 100% right. You are 100% right as far as the rollout for Donda and him being able to promote himself. Right. That, there, there might not be anybody ever that's right. as good as being able to, like, you know, build the anticipation. And so right. when it drops, like you said, it's an event because, I mean, I'm pretty sure didn't like Drake have a record that came out almost the exact same day. And was that him? Was that him versus Drake? Drake, Drake came out a couple months later, but Drake was putting up some posters. We forget Kanye did that already for uh, one of the last albums. He had pop-ups of just shit on the walls. You know, rappers have never thought about rollouts. They just commercials and put a poster up. Kanye thinks about the rollouts. It's a fucking creative plan, you know? So creatively, I think he's only getting better with, his, with how... The further his, he goes into his psyche, I think. But but is the music getting better? Depends on who you ask. You ask me, I'm going to go, not really. I like Donda, but we also got to say Kanye's working with music that we haven't seen her before. So we're not used to it. You forget, 808 and Heartbreaks wasn't popular. We forget about this. 808 and Heartbreaks first came out, it was panned. Critic, it, not critically, but with the fans. And over time, we go, oh my God, he's creating a new genre. He's creating a new type of music. You know what I mean? Like when Jordan Peele came out with Get Out, we're like, what the fuck is this? A horror? What's horror comedy? He's creating something new that we haven't seen. So I think we gotta let Beyonce's new album, it didn't get a lot of love, but she's 
She's on some shit that's been in the European dance scene for fucking five, six, seven years, you know? So she's, she's bringing that to an urban audience. Sometimes you gotta sacrifice to change, uh, to change the musical landscape. Now we'll see if Donna's respecting the love like that in the, in the future, but I give him credit for at least trying. He's not doing the typical 16 bar verses, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but are but are these moments of him? I mean, it's it's like the infight, the Pete Davidson thing. Right. I mean, that's like you know, <laughs> it's like he's like you know what he, was, he reminds me of now. He's kind of like Trump. He knows how to stir the pot, and he knows how to get people talking about him. And I don't know if if that's really he's just like in his head he's not even thinking about the 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 macro of how many people it's it's hitting if he's just thinking oh i'm just sending this out and forgetting that there's you know 40 million 50 million people that are paying attention to it but it's like i i feel like the more crazy shit he does the more his music uh and his clothes you know and the art it just it just it doesn't hit as hard it's like to me this is just to me I mean, the album's still going number one. He's still, I mean, he's not losing anybody. People that hate him still listen to his music. Still buying his, who's he losing, you know? So it's like, as much as I hate the Pete Davidson thing that he did is corny, but we're talking about him, you know? He's, he's Don King and Mike Tyson at the same time. I, I was going to say that too. I was definitely going to say that. Yeah, and um, also on a side note, like you're Pete Davidson, you're any comedian, you date Kanye Krim, you, you, you knew that was going to happen. Like this guy, Flips out on everything. Why would he not? Of course he's going to come at you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I just kind of think like, you know, was there any, has there ever been anything in, in his, in his career that, that he's done uh, that would derail the, the way that you think about him? Is there anything so far that's, that you were like, besides just being like, yeah, I mean, that's fucked up, but goddamn, it's selling records. Has he done anything that you were like, yeah, that's, that's too far. Or I, mean, that's... I didn't like, I mean, everything he does, I don't like, you know, pretty much. <laughs> everything. I, didn't, I didn't like the Taylor Swift shit. Um, obviously, I was like, okay, you know, that was the first one. I, you know, the, uh, the Pete Davidson shit just went too fucking far. I think when you call out your wife, when you got kids and shit, I think that's corny as fuck. Like your, kid, like your daughter's going to grow up and see everything you've done. You know what I'm saying? Your daughter's going to see this shit. So... Um, a lot of that shit, but and my, I'm a comedian, man. So we grew up with a lot of crazy people. So I, I can kind of uh, compartmentalize his music from who he is. You know what I'm saying? So I don't even look. Do you think, do you think you have to like the way I, I already think this question is going to be wrong, but do you think like you have to put him in the same kind of thing as like R Kelly? He's not reached that level of like, of like crazy. I mean, he's not doing like sexual assault type shit, but I mean the level of like, <laughs> Do you think he's going to get to the place where it gets so divisive where it's either you fucking like, yes, you know, we love Michael Jackson, but there's this other shit. Do you think it's I think like, he's already there? Really? Yeah, that we love him, but he's, you know, man, he's 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 Brett Michaels without with, with Twitter. If we would have saw if Twitter would have been out when Poison and fucking Motley Crue was raging and rocking. Listen, they was hitting bitches and yelling and fighting and fucking up. They was doing all types of shit, but there was no Twitter. If Twitter been out, that shit would have been way crazy than what Kanye West is doing. Because Kanye West still has the uh, the trappings of a black male where he can go to jail for a lot of this shit. So if those motherfuckers, come on, bro. Imagine what Tommy Lee was doing in the fucking 80s. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised you know? none of those people have gotten canceled or any. There's no, like, because there was know, no back, 
There was no social media that we don't know the shit they was doing. We just heard about, you know, Rolling Stone put out some shit every month. But come on, what they be doing every day? So he's a rock star, man. He's a fucking rock star, but it's social media there with health issues. So I don't think it takes away because he, whenever he comes out, it's a moment. You know, we look at him like Michael Jackson. We forget Michael had the fucking elephant man's bones and all types of shit. <laughs> yeah. you know, Michael had two kids situations and there's not one place that doesn't still play his music. So I think we kind of want our, our, our rock stars to be a little crazy. I do. You can't R. Kelly it, but we want them to be a little fucking not like us. Yeah. Sure. No, I, I get it. I totally get it. All right, let's talk. Let's let's focus back on the music because there's there's so much good shit on this record. Right. Um, you know, let me ask you this: out of this record, because I'm I have my opinion, but I want to get yours first. Like, how many of these are are in a sense genius, and then how much of this record is filler? Because <clears throat> I I think there's a big difference between between like wow, this is like you know, like in my opinion, like we mentioned Jesus walks, you mentioned uh, things fall down. Uh, all falls down. Um, I and I don't want your favorite song yet. Uh, right. We're gonna ask that shit at the end. But you know, th- I just think that like if you go through this record, like let me get your opinion. What do you think? Like filler well, between? I, I, I can't even call it filler only because this was two thousand two, I think two thousand two something like that. And was it oh four? It was two thousand four. Two thousand four. I'm sorry. You back then you had to have a single. Right? Yeah. Right now, every single record on a Kanye West album is a record he wants to be on the album. He doesn't have to cater to an artist because they're going to come anyway. This, mm-hmm. It was like that back then. Back then, a label can say you have to have two singles. Right? You know what I mean? You got to have two hits with a hook. People can sing in the club and three pre- presentable bars and then the one for radio. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't really fair. We can't judge new Kanye to this old Kanye. He had to have a hit. Um, but there are songs I don't like. Obviously, um, I didn't really like like the it was a record called Family Ties or something I felt like it was kind of corny. But I'm yeah. gonna give, I would say I would say about two or three songs were like eh, we could have did without them. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the singles that are on this. So he, he releases Through the Wire first, which I get. Um, oh, well, listen, five, that's a classic record. It put him on the sample. He rapped the first original through 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 a mouth brace because the car accident. Yeah. So he took his pain from uh, almost dying from a car accident and he wrapped it on a sample called Through the Wire, which was the double entendre. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I got it. That's a great idea. He's got that. Then you have Slow Jams, which if I'm not mistaken, was also on, I'm pretty sure it was on three records. I think it was on Twista, it was on Jamie Foxx, and it's on this one. Uh, All Falls Down. All falls down, which is uh, which is so it's so great that because I love this song mostly because it's they use that Lauren Hill sample, right? Um, and I don't know if you remember, do you remember like that 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 unplugged that she did? Right, 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 right. Where I, yeah, and I I I love Miseducation to Lauren Hill so much that when that record came out, that unplugged. <laughs> I I bought it. I was working at a crab house in Baltimore and we used to have to like peel potatoes in the back because uh, we, we were servers, but we had to do like our side work. Yeah. And I, we had one boom box and I was like, dude, I got the fucking new Lauren Hill shit. And I like put it on and dude, people were like, yo, you got to turn this shit. This is depressing. 
Wow. It was just, it was just so sad. I mean, she has a breakdown. She starts crying multiple times during the recording, <laughs> but, but I think that's one of the things that I like, and including, you know, through the wire and including the samples. Cause I'm just, I want to look and see if I can see what uh, some of the samples that they use. I, I feel like, I feel like one of the superpowers that Kanye has much like Riza, uh, is, is being able to hear something from the 60s and the 70s and being able to be like, oh, let me chop this up. There's like a really cool video of him. I don't know if it's him actually making a song from this record or making a song off of the album after this, but he's like, he, it shows him like playing, seeing the original song going, all right, that part. And then he sequences that and, and, and takes that part out and does that. And then he just like makes the song. It's like- So this was the Soul Sample album right here, man. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's that, that's why it's like, I think on this record, he is a far better producer than he is rapper. Nothing against the lyrics. They're good shit. Oh, no, but no. it's he, like, he probably just learned, he probably was rapping five years before this album. Is that, is that it? He, I'm not long, I mean, even in the video, you can see in the through the wire video, you can see Talib coaching him. Remember the video, all the clips, you can see him coaching him how to rap, how to say it. So gay wasn't really, he was a rapper, but he was like, eh. No, he, he couldn't rap to his second album, really. You ask me. He was like, he was like, ah, he said some cool shit. Yeah, looking at, looking at this right now, it says he started making a name for himself as a producer in the late 90s and early 2000s, getting his spring break in 2000 when he produced uh, for Rockefeller. His true aspirations were to be a rapper, but he didn't portray the gangster image, like you said, that was big at the time. After striking out with Capitol Records, Rockefeller signed him just so they wouldn't lose his producer abilities to another label that right. would give him a chance. And then he, he does Through the Wire, and then he makes the full record, and, and then so on and so forth. This is something that I thought was really fucking cool. And uh, Adam, who's usually here, pulled this up. Wes is one of the best selling digital artists of all time. Not, not just records, you know, like the Beatles, Elvis, all that shit. Yeah. He's the seventh highest certified artist in the U S by digital sales at 69 million. He had the most RIAA digital song certifications by a male artist in the two thousands and was the fourth best selling digital songs artist of the two thousands. And in Spotify's first 10 years from 2008 to 2018, West was the sixth most streamed artist and the fourth fastest artist to reach 1 billion streams. Um, and he is the joint most consecutive studio album to debut at number one on the Billboard 200. Um, nine. He has nine times. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's incredible. Like, I'm just looking at the track list for this record, man, and looking at the sample credits. I mean, it, it's the Lauren Hill. He's got Marvin Gaye. He's got... Curtis Mayfield, he's got Michael, <laughs> fucking Michael Bolton. <laughs> Michael Bolton, slow jams. You got Luther Vandross and Burt Bacharach, uh, Aretha Franklin for School Spirit. Um, it, it's, you know, Through the Wire, Shaka Khan. I mean, this is like, it's it's incredible. And also, I don't know if you know this, and did you know that that it's not Bernie Mac? Do you know who it is that's doing right. the voice? It's D-Ray, which is insane. Right. Which, which is insane. That's, <laughs> Bernie Mac was still alive back then. <laughs> I mean, he probably was, but it's, it's insane. It's just like, just to be, that's no wonder D-Ray gets so much pussy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, funny Dude, as shit. This was, shit, I guess D-Ray was big back then, yeah. I mean, shit, D-Ray might have been bigger than Jay back then. <laughs> Dude, D-Ray, I've like, I, I finally, you know, I moved to New York and I was like going back to Los Angeles and I was getting ready and I hit him up because I was like, Dude, 
uh, we had met in passing and I was like, bro, I really, really want to do MoBeta. And now MoBeta is gone and now it's deep Monday rays. I was like, I really want to do it. Uh, I'm going to do great. Uh, <laughs> you mind if I'm here? He goes, done. I got you, man. And, and then I show up to do the show and then they go, all right, we're going to put you on, put you on late. Right. And D rays there. He's not hosting. Um, and I'm getting ready for my time to go up. He's got another host, but he's like chilling. And suddenly this is like, I think Morgan J is on stage. So they're going to put Morgan J and then me back to back. So oh, two wow. guys that kind of do music. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I am, I am ready. I am prepped. The host comes up to me. He's like, all right, so I'm gonna call you up after this dude. And then next thing you know, this girl just stands up in the middle of the showroom. She's like, fuck you, D-Ray. I, you, you, you cocksucking motherfucker. And then and he's on the other side of the auditorium. She, she tosses a table over and then walks out. And then the host and D-Ray follow her. And then Morgan Jay's up there playing the guitar. And he's like, all right. He makes a joke. And then he finishes the set and he goes, all right. And, and then he goes, all right, I'm done. And he walks off. No host goes up. And just the, the sound guy just turns the lights on. And I was like, motherfucker, dude. Wow. Motherfucker. And then I hit up D-Ray and he apologized. He's like, I got you next time. And I was like, all right. And then I go the next time. Same thing happens. No. Oh, <laughs> same thing. Same bullshit. Same bitch shows up. <laughs> same bitch. She was mad. There's look, I, I think, I think with, I think with this record, I'm not, I'm not putting this, like, would you put this on Kanye's Mount Rushmore? You have to, you have to. Of his, all, his, his whole, his whole catalog? Yeah, his whole catalog. You have to for what it represented. You know what I'm saying? For what it did, you have to put it up there for what he started, what he created. Even though it was early, you have to. You know what I mean? It, it had to be his best. It influenced the world. This was the beginning of this superstar. You, ha you, you have to, I think. You know, I just don't know if I would put this if I'm going through my what I like about Kanye, like name. So in like in the in his five best records, he's done. He's done what? Nine albums. It's not it's not about it's not about um, his best, but it, it's one of his greatest. You see what I'm saying? It's just like, just because this is what birthed him or is it? Him, you saw the beginnings of a superstar, the samples he used, how he came from nothing, his story. He almost died. That death, that almost dying in a car accident took his hustle to 20. I have to make it now because God has, has me here for a reason. He, he kept me alive for a reason. And I put that pain in through the wire. And he's like, I'm going to do a fucking gospel song on a fucking rap album. And I'm signed to the most gangster hood record label in the game right now. You know, you know how hard that is? Yeah. You know so everything he did to get to this place, I'm going to combine most definitely free with, like, you have to for what the greatness was. I don't consider Tupac to be one of the best rappers of all time. Rappers, skill-wise, technical rapping, lyrical ability. Like Eminem could rap circles around Tupac. Jay-Z, lyrical ability. But when you put the Mount Rushmore rap, you have to put Tupac because he was the most influential rapper to ever live. Yeah. So it's the same thing. You have to put that album on there because of what it did for rap music for the world. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal, the man, to Fat Mike from NoFX, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. Who do you think is carrying the torch for, for Kanye, like that's making music right now? Would you say Kendrick? 
Uh, I think Kendrick is the closest to just create. He's the most creative artist alive. So I think Kendrick is the is the most creative. I like Drake's like the more Jay Z. You know, I want to hear Jay Z rap off. That y'all give us the same shit about guns. And I, I love how he raps. He, Drake, Drake's like that, but Kendrick's creative. Like, like this last album, nothing sounds the same. No Kanye, no two Kanye albums sound the same. You know no, I'll give him, I'll give him that. I'll I'll hundred percent. That's what I love about an artist. It doesn't mean I have to like their music, but I like anybody that is constantly trying to do something different. Right. And I respect that because it's like you could rest on your laurels and just be like, all right, well, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make graduation over and over and over again. But right. not only is he changing with the time, he's almost like you said, he's he's creating the next genre of what hip hop is. And yeah. that's more impressive than than the record sales or anything. It's the amount of imitators that are right. coming from him. Even with, mean, the, with the stems thing, with the, the last album, he tried to just, he didn't want to do a label. So he tried to he put the stem so you can get the stem. You could buy a certain machine to play the music or yeah. whatever that he did. Like this evolution of what he wants to do with his music is, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got some Patreon questions. Yeah. Um, all right. This is from Ryan Kitching. He writes, I fucking love this album, dot, dot, dot. If you can't get down with the new workout, uh, if you can't get down with the new workout plan or get them high, there's an obvious issue and you probably need to see a doctor like immediately. All right, Ryan, that's not a question, bro. That's just a statement. Yeah, it's the most commercial commercial record on there. It's the one workout I don't give a fuck about, workout plan. Yeah, neither do I. Neither do I. And we'll we'll get to that. All right. And this is from Victor. I I like this question. Just when I thought hip-hop was dead, this album dropped. He's a genius. Unfortunately, he knows it. I told everyone about this record. Everyone. For me, it's number one, family business. Number two, get him high. Number three, Jesus walks. All these tracks bang, though. What song on this record convinced you of his genius? Jesus walks. Jesus walks. He made a gospel hip hop record that I that you love. I how can you how it was on the radio. It's a, to me it's a genius genius idea concept. I don't think anybody else could have did it. I think anybody else would be like get that fuck that shit out of here. Imagine a rapper doing Jesus walks. Think about take away Kanye will be known as him now. A rapper doing a song called Jesus walks. He'd be like bro shut the fuck up. And he made it cool and fun and interesting. It's probably his most famous song. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what would be what would be a comparison that would say, all right, so here's Jesus Walks. What even would you say like Gold Digger? I mean, I Gold Digger was like Gold Digger was a hit. Jesus Walks most famous song. You know, Jesus Walks is his Eminem has Stan. No matter what Eminem does, I don't think he'll surpass Stan. Stan yeah, as far as right. great great record. Like like no, you think Eminem? You think Stan? Stan is a word. Stop. You're standing that person. Don't you're standing him. You know what I mean? He defined a word, you know. I think Jesus Walks is that. That's going to be his Kanye West's defining record. I don't think you're wrong. I think I, I, I really think you're right, or that's a good statement. Like I, I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm trying to like rack my brain. What, what is like? What would be below that? Uh, man, that's a good question. Um. I mean, what is it? Dun, 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 dun. No, that's not it. That's, that's I mean, Gold Digger was probably one of his most popular slow jams. Um, no, no, I mean, I'm talking I mean, like, uh, you know, you made a good point that this is like, I just think that the, you know, I just think that he, he, it's, I get it. Love Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that this, this was like the perfect amount of 
Jesus in your music and then and then to make a full album of like going full like gospel. Um oh we forgot about that. <laughs> the boss. Think of the boss, Joshua. The boss <laughs> to make a full gospel album. Come on, <laughs> Sunday morning service? What? Have you seen him live? Have you seen him? Anybody else's career would have been over, Josh. Yeah, over. you're right. Yeah, you're right. Have you seen Kanye live? Never. Never. I would go see him. I, I, I really, you know, I'm going to see Nas and Wu Tang tonight in New Jersey, uh, which I'm excited about. But you know, I've seen Wu Tang before, and it's like, you know, I hope I'm yeah, praying. Every motherfuckers on stage. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm praying. I'm, I'm lying. I saw. Um, Watch the Throne tour. I'm lying. I saw the Staples Center. I'm lying. How yeah, was he as a performer live? I have seen him. Staples Center, Watch the Throne tour. I don't know why I forgot about that. How was it? Like, how was he yeah. as a performer live? I it was the energy. It was such a great album to me, and it's such a great energy. And, and I've seen Jay Z 17 times, so that's why I forgot about Kanye. Because I've seen Jay Z 17 times live, and it it wasn't. It was one of Jay Z's top three, I think, shows. And they did Niggas in Paris nine times. <laughs> <laughs> they played it nine times. <laughs> nine <laughs> times. Record was, so record was so big, so popping, and and now one time felt like it was too much. Wow, uh, that's incredible. <laughs> I go see Kanye. I, I'm at this place now in music where I go to concerts nonstop. If I don't have a show, it's like in being in New York. I did it in LA too, but much more here in New York, where I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna what's what's going on in the city. I utilize whatever the city has to offer, and. Somebody had said to me, if there's 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 artists that you want to see, don't waste time. Go see them when they're on tour because God God forbid something happens to them and Prince. and you know Prince exactly. And I'm lucky to be able to say I saw Prince, but um, but Kanye is somebody that it's like you, you remember just when it's an event, like you said, like that release party. People went just to watch him stand there and play his music. Right. Like there's, there's something. And I, I guess I'm just, it's not even so much that I'm a huge fan of his. I just want to get to the bottom of why he is such a genius. Cause, cause I, like you said, man, he's, he's the Michael Jackson. I would put him as like, you know, like the Miles Davis of hip hop, which is like, you start, he started doing the same shit everybody else is doing. And it's just go out and go out and go out. And I'm actually excited. I'm excited to see like how, how different he goes and how far past, this album, right? He goes because he's already fucking miles away from it. Like but, Miles, said, Miles said, "You know why I stopped doing ballads? Because I love ballads too much." And I, I think that's kind of Kanye leaving the soul sample era. I love it too. Much. I gotta. I can't grow. You know. So you're, you're yeah. right on that comparison. Yeah. All right. Let's do the final questions. We'll get you out of here. This was fun, dude. And you know, no. what, I, I thought we were going to argue more, but I, I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty... genius, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, all right. Favorite song on this record? Jesus walks. I don't want to be. I'm, I'm hacked. So what? I, I think. I think. I think it's his best song on this record. My favorite song is School Spirit. I, there's something I really love about School Spirit. Um, what's your least favorite song on this record? Probably Workout Plan. Workout Plan. I would. Yeah, it's I I I don't. Also, the most I, commercial record on the album. Yeah, I, you know what? Let me look at it real quick. Hold on. Let me just see which one. It, I, it doesn't fit. Get those titties right and get nothing in your life. You talking all this spaceship shit about being 
love and uh, when it all falls down through the wire I'm fighting for this thing Jesus walks spaceship they try to I couldn't go into a certain store because of my color and you got all these core albums I'm quitting school because of this and family business and all this core shit and it's like I bet just get your ladies right (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't fit on the record you're right I'll give you that I'd say that because I could also sit there and say it's it's one of the fucking 20 skits that are on there I always feel like this was the era of skits where it was like you had to have that comedy thing you had to have that talking and it's like I'm kind of I'm happy to see that era of music and a hip-hop die out yeah um but yeah I'll go with you on that all right this is a two part question and I'm excited about it um I asked this to everybody uh one is this a fuckable album can you have sex to this album and two if you if you if you had to pull one song off this record to add to your sex playlist what song would it be I mean fuckable. I mean <laughs> I, I, I could fuck to a, a car accident. I don't care. Like, I'm still gonna get influenced by beats. Um, no, not really. I don't think it's a fuckable album. You want to listen to it, hear what he's saying. Um, but uh, what's the second part? If I could do what? If, if you got to pull one song off here, what's the what song are you fucking do on this record? Which one have you had oh, to fuck the one? Slow jams. Yeah, that was easy. Um, all right, best. Uh, what what's your favorite beat? on this record? Uh, I would go, that's a hard one, bro. Um, I'd probably go, no, nah, I don't want to say that. That's just too military. Um, I didn't know if I loved the beats on this album, dog. Um, really? I was so into what everything else he was doing. If I had to go, he was doing a lot of good shit. Um, dun, 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 no. Breathe in, breathe out. No! Two words. Bing, ding, ding. Uh, with most F. Yeah, how'd it go? Never, uh, it's, um, where is it? I just saw it. It's uh, two words, yeah, with free, with Freeway yeah. and the Boys Har- Choir of Harlem. Har- yeah. No, yeah, yeah, two words. Yeah, that was right. And then what, what album is your favorite lyrics by Kanye off this record? Um... Where do you think that? Where do you think that he he showcases uh, his best lyrical ability? It doesn't have to be a certain line, but which which song lyric wise do you fuck with the most? He mentioned it, man. Jesus walks. I yeah, can't you're right. Now I know. No, you're not. You know, listen. It's not it's, about anything except for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know you're right. You're. Hey, you, mama, you, you, I know my pack was cool. Start with some. I got back to school. Because, yeah, that shit was hard. Yeah, Jesus walks. I you 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 the 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 key phrase or the key sentence that was said during this is like that that Jesus he'll never do a more important song for his career than Jesus walks. I mean maybe think about that song. It defines his career. I'm not gonna do what everybody else is doing. One, I'm not gonna um I'm not gonna be afraid to be who I am. Two, I'm gonna take a risk. Three, that song is all those things. Doing original shit. Not afraid of it. You're taking a risk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That song is his whole career, essentially. No, you're right. You're right. All right. What's your elevator pitch to get somebody to listen to this record? Um, For the regular, not for the rapper, for the rap fan, for the regular guy who can't get into the club, is 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 music for the guy who isn't rich. And most people aren't that. So yeah. <laughs> music for the regular people. You know what I mean? So I, and, and be, be, this is what hip hop is going to be in 10 years. So get on it now, which that was, that's what it became. 
That is what it became. No, I agree. I, I, I think that was perfect. Uh, promote away. Anything you want to promote. Go ahead. Oh, uh, man. Rail Battle, everything, man. All Instagram, social medias. Uh, season two of a show I'm on called Kill It. We start from October 31st. I'm in the new uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Donald Glover. Uh, is that why you were dressed? Wait, is that why you were dressed in that, like, with no, the dashiki? That's, uh, that's a, a Susan Sarandon movie uh, called The Gutter. I'm doing a movie right now called The Gutter for Susan Sarandon and uh, Adam Brody. And um, But uh, I got a uh, next year, Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Donald Glover's Amazon show is coming out. I'm in that. And, uh, you know, doing comedy and shit. Yeah. Go see him, everybody. Watch his shit. Uh, I, dude, I'm so proud of you, man. You're killing it, brother. Me too, and, Josh. You're making money out here in these streets, uh, You know, you know, fucking, we doing all things, dude. We, dude, we got, we got that toner money, dude. We got that fucking Kiehl's, dude. <laughs> it's only going to get better. I can't wait to see what lotion I'm using in 10 years. Not you know right. what I mean? Thank you, man. <laughs> I really, I'm looking forward to being on this shit, man. Thank you so much, bro. I love you, buddy. Thank you for coming on. What I tell you, what I tell you, the one and only Rail Battle at Rail Battle on all social media. Go to railbattle.com for tour tickets. Uh, make sure you watch his show, Killing It, and be on the lookout for all the movies and stuff that he's got coming out. Great dude, very funny, love him to death. All right, who do we got? New music, uh, Chicago rapper Sir Michael Rocks, who said of the college dropout, I felt like I was part of it. It gave me the confidence to be me, to be honest, to, you know, be proud of where I'm from, of what I do. You don't have to be a certain way. You don't have to be a super gangster to rap. You're listening to his song Rico off his 2022 record, Baby Oil Staircase slash Chill Out. And you can find links on our website, the500podcast.com. And if you were in a band and were directly influenced by one of these albums or artists, we want your music featured on the 500. Just send us your song, dude. Please send us your fucking songs. I, I hate having my producers pick out music to play. We're trying to give your music to li- just send us your song and we will play it. Okay? That's very simple. All right, what do we got next week? Mothers of Invention. Who is Zappa Zappy? Uh, we're doing We're Only In It For The Money. It was a fun one. I recorded already. Dig in. When it comes out, see you next week. She loves shade room and all the shit that they be feeding us. Fucking pop perks, boy, I swear the bitches beat me. She losing weight, but his going up. It's going up. Just got a couple bowls of them T'Challa runs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're not looking a little better now. Unemployment scams now. His man just came down from New Jersey with some pounds in. He told him, man, guess what I found? Check it out. It's a new scheme going down. Let's spread the rock around. Provide addresses, DOBs. We got SS numbers. Niggas knowing it's free. It's the dark web, the dark net. Take all you can keep. We get it easy. I'ma hop this and then it's breezy. Get on your laptop right now and download this app. Then put this microchip card right into the slot. This your cold storage wallet where your Bitcoin lie. And keep your laptop charged. Make sure that bitch don't die. Mm-hmm. 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 The lines of communication open, you know.
Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. Next Chapter Podcasts.